What's good, y'all? AJ2K here with another episode of AJ2K Radio. We had a blast with the first episode. Yes, I used the word blast. We had a blast with the first episode of AJ2K Radio. But this episode is going to be even more fun because we got a lot to get into. There's a lot going on. Let's turn the music down. I don't want to waste any time. The first topic I want to get into today is the issues coming out of Houston. Multiple issues. Houston, we have multiple problems. I want to play a quick clip, quick audio clip from Stephen A. Smith. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Wonderful, wonderful reporting, by the way. I'm going to have him take it away with this short clip, just in case y'all haven't heard this audio. They don't want to play with each other anymore. Uh, Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play with James Harden. James Harden doesn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook wants the ball in his hands. He doesn't want to play off the ball as much. He looks at his success in Oklahoma City uh, over the previous several years. Uh, The ball needs to be in his hands. That's his mentality. The mentality of James Harden is that, all right, so be it. You know, and so as a result of it, uh, Houston is in turmoil. Wow. Wow. Well, first things first, I hope we all expected these problems to come about. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are two very strong personalities. They told me that this relationship, this basketball connection will work because they're best friends off the court. And they played together before in OKC. That, was, that is what people told me. That's That was people's explanation for why and how this was going to work. Didn't really make much basketball sense to me, but. Nevertheless, they told me it would work. So I gave it a chance. I knew it wouldn't work, people. I knew it wouldn't work, people. Sometimes playing with your best friend isn't the best idea. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Especially when both personalities are as strong as they are. I want to talk about Russ for a hot second. Russell Westbrook. Why? Does Russ have to have the ball in his hands? Why? And what success have we seen out of OKC that validates him having the ball in his hand 24-7? I see no championships. I see a few MVPs. I see some all-star nominations, some all-star games he's played in. I see some of those. But I don't see any championships, and that's what he's shooting for. He wants to be a champion, and he deserves to be a champion. He's one of the hardest-working players in the league, he's one of the hardest ballers in the league. That boy go hard every game. He can never, nobody can ever accuse Russell Westbrook of cheating the game of basketball. That's just not Russ. But outside of that, Russ hasn't done anything to prove that he has to have the ball in his hands. He he hasn't done anything to prove that he can't be coached into playing off ball here and there. As a matter of fact, when you go down his playoff resume, Evidence shows that Russell Westbrook actually doesn't need the ball in his hands. He shouldn't have the ball in his hands, especially late in games. We go down this playoff resume, right? The last three years. I just want to talk the last three years. I don't want to talk about the years with Kevin Durant. In my opinion, that was his best opportunity to win. Playing with a guy like Kevin Durant, one of the more efficient scorers in the league. Someone who allowed Russ to be Russ without really saying much to him. Someone who didn't mind answering those questions about those uncomfortable questions about Russ. 
KD didn't necessarily mind. That's just KD. That's just his personality, right? But outside of the years with Kevin Durant, the last three years, first he lost a series to Utah in six games. Russell Westbrook in that series averaged 29 points, 12 rebounds, and about eight assists. But he shot 40% from the field. His efficiency was down from 45% to 40 from the regular season to the playoffs that year. And if you watch that series, you saw Ricky Rubio take him out of two games in that series. Mentally. One being with foul trouble. One being with just pesky kind of Patrick Beverly-like play. Drawing charges. Backdoor cuts. Backdoor screens. Kind of got in Russ's head. Took him out of games. But he still put up a decent stat line. And a lot of people attributed that playoff loss and that playoff series loss to Paul George. And I get it. I, I definitely understand that. Because I was one of those people that was like, hey, man, what, what PG do? Because he didn't do much that series. But then the following year, you still have Paul George on your team. You're going against the Portland Trailblazers. That series, Paul George averaged close to 29 points a game. Four rebounds, shooting 44% from the field. That's a damn good stat line, if you ask me, especially in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook, 23 points a game, four rebounds. 11 assists, shooting 36% from the field. I'm going to read that again. Russell Westbrook, that playoff series against the Blazers. 23 points a game, 4 rebounds, 11 assists, shooting 36% from the field. Now, Dame Dalla, his arch nemesis, the guy who gets it, who he gets into it with the most, that same playoff series. Averages 33 points a game. Yes, I said 33. 33 points a game, 46% from the field, and 48% from the tray. That would be the same series by which Dame Dollar dropped that half-court bomb on them boys to ice the series in five games. Bounced them boys. And that is what broke up the PG and Russell Westbrook a tandem in OKC. <laughs> then you say, you know what? It didn't work with PG. I'm going to go play with James Harden, my, my old buddy. I'm going to go play with James Harden. Now, maybe it was because of COVID. Maybe it was, it was because of the injuries. We don't know. A lot of people don't care. If we being honest, we looking at production, right? Russell Westbrook went from averaging, before COVID shut everything down, about 28 points a game, seven assists, eight rebounds, shooting 47% from the field. One of his best years. Forget all the triple-double years, because we understand Mr. Triple-Double, that's, that's what he does. But this was one of his best years, in my opinion, in the regular season. You go to the bubble in the playoffs against the Los Angeles Lakers where you have to perform because you're playing against LeBron and AD. You got a ball. 20 points a game. Seven rebounds, five assists, shooting 42% from the field. Not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. This was with him playing off ball. And let me, and let me be the first to say this. As a Lakers fan, the Rockets scared me most 
when Russell Westbrook wasn't on the floor. I'm going to say that again for the people who did not hear me. The Houston Rockets scared me as a Laker fan most. And I'm sure Lakers, the Lakers organization as well, and the Lakers players and the Lakers coaching staff as well, when Russell Westbrook was not on the floor. Because they put a five-man lineup out there, and all five of them can shoot the trade effectively. Between James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Robert Covington, and Eric Gordon, who should have got more playing time, by the way. I don't know why he didn't get more playing time. Because Eric Gordon is a bucket. Anytime the Rockets subbed out one of those players for Russell Westbrook, I couldn't do nothing but clap. I was I was geeked. I was geeked. Like, yes, get Russ back in there. Because I know Russ going to get in there and shoot 42%. He's going to take some threes and miss most of them. He's going to turn the ball over. And if we're losing, he's going to get us back in the game. And that's it's just, that just is what it is. That that just is what it is. That's that's Russ. That's been his mo, especially with this team. That in the playoffs, that's just what Russ was, and that's what that's what us Laker fans were depending on. But I don't want to just harp on Russell Westbrook because that's not fair. I want to talk about James Harden too because James Harden is quick to shift that blame. Oh, James Harden, he will shift blame in a heartbeat. Let's look at the last three years of James Harden. Let's look at. The 2017-2018 playoff run when you met Golden State. That was his best opportunity right there of getting to the finals and winning the championship right there. Right there. Yes, Chris Paul gets hurt, but you have an opportunity to win a game seven. You have the Golden State Warriors reeling, and he did for most of the series. He had them reeling. They shoot and miss. 27 straight three. They shoot and miss, people. 27 straight threes. Let's not forget about that. They lose that series. And that's on James Harden's watch. He's a few of the threes that was missed. That was the 27, by the way. And they were up most of that game. Let's go to the following year. They lose that series in six games. KD gets hurt in game five. KD gets hurt in game five. Chris Paul is healthy back on the floor. They find a way to blow game five without Kevin Durant on the floor. Then you go back home for game six. You're at the crib for game six. They're at the crib for game six. Steph Curry has an awful first half and goes for like 30 in the second half to seal the deal and win the series. That's another series loss on James Harden's watch. And James Harden is one of the most prolific scorers we've ever seen in the game. But though that's another loss on his watch. Now we have this series. First off, or this year, I'm sorry. First off, they barely got through the series against OKC. And a legitimate argument could be made that he underperformed in that series, especially the final, what, three, four games of that series? Everybody want to talk about the play he made on the defensive side of the ball in game seven. But let's not forget how awful he was up until that point. I mean, people were ready to be like James Harden's one of the biggest chokers in NBA history. People were ready until he made that one defensive play on a guy that we have never heard of who was going for like 30, if I'm not mistaken. I think the man had like 30 or something like that. James Harden made a great defensive play. But to me, as a Laker fan, that highlighted the fact that they was going to lose to the Lakers in, in five games. I'm like, if he plays like that against the Lakers, it's over with, and it's over with early. And what happened? 
they lost in five games. So I knew these two getting together, these two personalities, these two players who are hungry for a championship, neither one of them playing the best in the postseason, neither one of them playing up to the standard that they set before themselves in the postseason, were going to bang heads early and often. We should have all known this was coming. What's a Westbrook has three flaws. One, people getting his head way too early. We saw it with Dame. We saw it with Ricky Rubio. Ricky freaking Rubio. Ricky freaking Rubio. That's the first problem. People getting his head way too early. Again, we saw it with Dame. We saw it with Ricky freaking Rubio. The second problem he has is he has one speed. And that one speed ends up turning into turnovers late in game. Late in pivotal playoff games, that's what happens. He's got one speed. It's go, go, go. Never slow the ball down. Never. No. Nope. One speed. I got to go. I got to go get it. And in the regular season, it works to perfection. But when you're playing in the playoffs and the the game slows down, you're not really getting as many fouls as you would normally get in the regular season. It does not work to your advantage in the postseason. And the last flaw that Russell Westbrook has is he's a a terrible three-point shooter. He can't shoot the three. And in today's game, especially at the point guard position, you need your point guard to be able to hit threes. We see it now with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a great player playing point guard, oversized point guard, kind of like a Magic Johnson kind of style. But the game has changed a lot since Magic Johnson played. You need to be able to hit the three. And that's a part of the reason why the the Sixers now move him to the four and the five at times. And they move him around the lineup because they realize he can't shoot. And we need him to shoot. And in order to run this offense the way we need him to run it, in order to stretch the floor the way we need, we need him to be able to shoot, and he can't. So those are the three flaws with Russell Westbrook. The flaws are Harden, he relies too heavily on the free throw line. He relies too heavily on flopping. And if he's not getting those calls, the game isn't going in his direction. That's James Harden. James Harden and checked out. It's over with. It's over with. And late in games, James Harden relies too heavily on the three-ball. James Harden got one of the best drive, driving games, one of the best handles, one of the best offensive skill sets in the league, and just relies so heavily on the step-back three late in games. It's crazy. Don't want to take a mid-range shot. Don't want to attack the rat. Just want to step-back three. And I haven't seen him hit a lot of those in the postseason late in games. Not in the games that, not in the game four, five, six, seven. I haven't, I've seen him miss a lot of those. Like, you take those in the game, as a Laker fan I'm watching, he's taking that, that's off. I'm, I'm counting on it. Brown finna get the rebound and go down and score one way or another. Either he's going to make an intelligent pass or he's going to get a bucket himself. And the last thing I'll say about James Harden, again, is he doesn't want to take accountability for anything. First, it was, it was um, Chris Paul. Now it's Russ. Once upon a time, it was the referees not giving him the calls he wants. It's never his fault, right? You're the best player on the team. You you say you're the best player in the world. One of the best scorers we've ever seen, but it's never your fault that you're coming up short. And not just coming up short. We got two series against Golden State that could have swung in their favor so easily. Again, one series that ended in six, one series that ended in seven. That could have swung in their favor with better play from him easily. Easily. If I'm Houston, I'm blowing it all up. Get rid of them. Get rid of them both. And get as much as I can from them. 
get as much as I can. You can get a lot back for James Harden. You can get a lot back for Russ. That's, that's, I'm moving him. I'm moving him. Because at this point, that's the best you, that's the best you can do. And last thing I'll say really quick, this is going to be controversial, people. It's the last thing I'll say, and I know it's going to be controversial. I don't think James Harden can be the number one option on a championship team. Yes, I said that. I don't think James Harden can be the number one option on a championship team. Too inefficient when it matters most. Too reliant on the free throw line. Never wants to take accountability for anything he does wrong on the basketball floor. That's not championship ball. Their best opportunity, him and Russell Westbrook's best opportunity to win the ring was with Kevin Durant, one of the most efficient ballers to ever play the game. Houston, blow it up. Warm Obama effect for y'all. Blow it up. You got to blow it up. I'm going to move on to the next topic, and I'll make this topic quick because I, I got an issue to settle. I got an issue to settle with these Saints. The New Orleans Saints. Sorry, I'm flipping through these notes because I want to I want to make sure I get it right when it comes to these Saints. The New Orleans Saints. Talking football now. For those who are not keeping up. The New Orleans Saints just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to death. I mean, they killed them boys. They killed them boys. Right after the game, they're in the locker room celebrating like they just won a championship. Like they just won the whole championship. Like they just won the Super Bowl. Every year, it seems like for the past three years, has these boys not been favored? Have these boys not been favored to win the Super Bowl? At least to me, the last three years, I've had them winning the Super Bowl. And then some fugazi happens. And I'm ready to call it choke jobs. Yes, I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Saints fans. I said it. Yes, I called it choke jobs because that's what they are. They are choke jobs. That's what they are. So we got 2017. The Saints are favored over the Vikings. They go down 17 to nothing at halftime. Reliant on Drew Brees to come back and get him back in the game. And he does. Gets them back in the game, takes the lead until the Minneapolis miracle happens. Saints fans, do, do we remember this? Tatum steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Unbelievable. Vikings win it. You see Marcus Williams here. He has a shot. I'm not sure really what he's thinking, Joe. He comes in. He's got him dialed in. And he just all he's got to do is make a play. And even if he catches it, you tackle him in bounds. The game is over. I'm sorry, Saints fans. I I have to do it. I have to do it. Saints fans, 2018. Anybody remember? Because, I mean, of course, back to 2017 real quick. That's a complete show job. I don't know how that boy missed that tackle and sprung Stephon Diggs, who's a dog. It's a dog. Sprung Stephon Diggs for that touchdown. But we're going to move on to 2018. 2018 against the Rams. The P.I., the pass interference that wasn't called. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. 
And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. Was it a pass interference? Of course it was. I'm not going to sit up here and act like it was not. It was definitely pass interference. Yes, 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 it was. For the people who follow timeout, I put out a video that day, or I believe it was the next day, saying that it wasn't completely on the Rams and the, and, and the poor officiating. It was also on the Saints because the Saints got the ball first in overtime. The Saints did have a lead early in that game and gave it up. Man, Saints fans was at my neck. Oh, you don't know football. You don't know this. You don't know that. I'm looking at y'all like, look, one thing I do know is y'all had a chance to win that game and should have won that game, by the way. One thing I do know is y'all got one of the best quarterbacks in the history of football. One thing I do know is that y'all was 13-3 and favorite to win this game and, again, should have won this game, had multiple opportunities to win this game before, before and after the pass interference that was not called. I look at it as an excuse. I look at it as another choke job. I look at it as Sean Payton blaming yet someone else for another loss. And then, of course, we have 2019, which may have or may arguably be this last year, may arguably be the biggest choke job of the three. 13 and three again, record throughout the regular season. The wild card round, you face the Vikings. And you lose. Drew Brees gets outplayed. He throws a pick, a touchdown, and only throws for 208 yards. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yes, I said Kirk Cousins. Sorry, Minnesota fans. I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins. And being out here, I understand that y'all are not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins either. But outplays Drew Brees. Throws for 242 yards and a touchdown with no interceptions. I'm going to put this out here right now. Because if anything, them beating the Bucks the way they beat the Bucks does nothing but show me. Oh, them beating the Bucks the way they beat the Bucks and then celebrating the way they celebrated. I can't forget the celebration part. Does nothing but show me that these boys ain't learned and they happy with having great regular seasons and not winning Super Bowls. They're geeked with that. They're, that is ideal for them. That is perfect. So I'm going to put this out here now. Yes, I've been advised not to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. After the last three years of choke jobs I've seen the New Orleans Saints produce, I see it happening again this year. Right now, looking at the playoff picture, we got the Saints, we got the Packers, the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bucks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. I'm here to tell you all something, and I'll be the first to say it. Whoever they play, wild card round, divisional round, whenever they play, whether they get a first round by or not, actually, it's a better possibility possibility that this would happen if they get a first round by. They will lose the first time they step on the on the on the football field in the playoffs. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. The New Orleans Saints will choke yet again, and they will lose the very first the very first game they play in the postseason this year. I see the same coaching staff. I see the same quarterback. I see the same weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Most of the same on the defensive side of the ball. I see a lot of the stuff that contributed to a choke job the last three years. I don't see nothing changing. And if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not happy with the team celebrating like that after beating the Buccaneers. So what you beat the Buccaneers? So what? Our goal is to win a championship. What are we? What are we so? 
What are we throwing a party in the locker room? Everybody dancing. What, what are we doing? Why? For what? For what? What we just do? Come on, man. The Saints will lose to whoever they play the first time they play them this year. Whatever divisional wild card, they will lose. I'm I'm saying it right here. Right here, people. AJ2K Radio. They will lose the very first time they play. Perfect transition into my last topic, which is honestly my least favorite topic, and that is my Philadelphia Eagles. <sighs> Let me go back through these notes, y'all. Let me go back through these notes. Let me take a deep breath. Let me take a sip of this orange juice. Carson Wentz. Eagles fans all around the nation are depending on you to close this season out the right way. I have not given up faith that the Eagles can get in the playoffs and make a playoff run. I have not. We have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Miles Sanders is coming back healthy. We're getting Alshon Jeffrey back healthy. We still got Greg Ward Jr., who's a great player. And that boy, Fulgham, that boy is a baller. That, that, that cat, he's the future. He's the future at that position for us. The offensive line is getting healthy. The defense is pretty healthy. We still got big play slay out there. We still got Brandon Graham. We still got Fletcher Cox. We got some pieces. So far this season, you have looked awful. Awful. 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And the last time we saw you on the field, you had your worst QBR, your worst passing percentage, and threw for the lowest amount of yards you've thrown for all season against the worst defense in the NFL, bro, the Dallas Cowboys. And that ain't me throwing shots at the Cowboys. Cowboys fans, I know y'all hear this. So this ain't me throwing shots at y'all, but it's just the truth. We almost lost, and we shouldn't have because they are the worst defense in the NFL. The worst. They've been awful all season. Carson Wentz looked like the worst quarterback to play the Cowboys all season long. Carson, we got the Giants coming up Sunday, the Browns the following week, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Cowboys again, and Washington. I'm looking at this schedule. If Carson plays like Carson Wentz of old, the Carson Wentz, we, us, us Eagles fans know he can play like, because we know he can play better. This, like... It's, it's laughable how this man is playing. This man has never thrown for more than seven picks since his rookie season. He's like a five, six-year pro. Like, what is good? What is good, Carson? We know you're better than this, bro. I've lobbied for you to get benched, and I still think you should get benched. I still think Carson, Carson should see the bench, at least for a game, just to reset him. But now we've had the bye week. Hopefully the bye week reset Carson Wentz. If he plays like the Carson Wentz, we know he can play like. I see a win over the Giants. I see a win over the over the Browns. I see us sneaking a win by either the Saints or the Packers. I see it happening. We beat the Packers last year. The Saints, I'm just not sold on. The Saints are good to drop a game here and there. I'm not sold on them. Possibly a win over the Cardinals. Definitely a win over the Cowboys and over Washington. I'm going to say the Eagles are, are going to go 8-7-1. and one. They're going to win these next two games. 
We'll see the we'll see about the, the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints. We'll see. In the cards. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna go out on that limb and make myself look foolish here for the AJ2K radio airwaves. We're not gonna do that. But what I will say is we have the potential, bruh, to finish this season out strong with the weapons that we have. So Carson, us Eagles fans, we're begging you to show up, bruh. 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, not going to get it done. We we see that now. We see and understand that, Carson. So let's step it up. Philly, let's step it up. We are better than how we've played so far this season. Yes, I'm an Eagles fan. So, yes, I have some favoritism towards the Eagles, yes. But we are better than how we've played. Let's get some wins. Let's keep it rolling. We on a two-game win streak. Let's keep it rolling. Two or three, I can't, I can't recall. And let's finish this season out strong. I see us getting out of the first round at least. Same way I saw us getting out of the first round last year before Carson went down. And I still think we'd have beat the Seahawks if Carson doesn't get hurt. Come on, fam. Let's get it together, Philly. I know we can. That's all I got for y'all today. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure getting into the topics that I have for y'all today. Russ and Harden, <laughs> those choking saints in the Eagles. <laughs>